There's no longer any excuses for Kirby Smart in Athens. It should be national championship or bust this year for the Georgia Bulldogs. Last weekend's blowout loss to the Baltimore Ravens should be a wake-up call for the Los Angeles Chargers and one that will propel them forward in the long run. I told everyone that the Atlanta Braves were this year's sleeper team, and they're proving me right. I'll tell you why they could challenge the Red Sox or the Astros in the World Series next on Stern Spotlight. Welcome into another edition of Stern Spotlight. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow me on Spotify. Give me a shout out on Twitter, as always, at J underscore Stern 97. So much to get to today in the sports world. Amazing college football weekend once again. College football never lets us down. And I don't know, over the last couple of years, I've become more of a college football guy than than an NFL person. Don't get me wrong, I love the NFL, and there's something special about Football Sunday, isn't there? But I don't know, the college game has just gotten more engaging to me. Players aren't as good, there's more trickery. It seems like no team is really out of a game, no matter how many points they're trailing by, and overall, it's just a really fun sport to watch, and there's no better conference to watch during the conference play portion of the college football season than the SEC. When I was watching Kentucky and Georgia this past weekend, and I watched the Bulldogs absolutely dominate Mark Stoops' Wildcats, I couldn't help but think to myself, this is the season that Kirby Smart finally gets over the hump. Throughout his career, he's kind of lived in Nick Saban's shadow. Don't get me wrong, he's one of the premier head coaches in the sport, and I think everyone would agree with that, but he was uh, Saban's defensive backs coach at LSU, was his safeties coach with the Miami Dolphins in the NFL, and then was his defensive coordinator at Alabama before being hired as the head coach at Georgia. And while he's enjoyed success with the Bulldogs, and the team has been nationally ranked and made top-tier bowl games and all that good stuff, he just hasn't been able to take down the Goliath of the college football world, if you will. But this season, it's put up or shut up time for Kirby. I think the bar of expectations for Smart needs to go up. They've lost three of the last four SEC championships. They lost to Bama and LSU in back-to-back years. And then they lost the 2018 national championship to Alabama as well. So they, they just haven't been able to take down the Goliath of the college football world. But all of the chips and all of the circumstances are lining up for them to do it this year. First of all, they've already gotten through the hardest portion of their schedule. Opened up against Clemson. And I know Dabo's Clemson team isn't as good this season as they've been in past years. But that was a Huge test out of the gate, and their defense showed up. Held Clemson to just three points. A couple weeks later, they took down Arkansas pretty handily, 37-0. They beat Auburn the very next week, 34-10. And then they crushed Kentucky last week, 30-13. That's four ranked teams that they beat pretty easily. And... They passed all of the tests this year 
to tell everyone and show everyone that they're legitimate. The schedule is a whole lot easier the rest of the way as well. Have a bye week to recuperate and press the reset button, which I think is something that's necessary for any and every college football team at this time of year. And then they play Florida, Mizzou, Tennessee, Charleston Southern, and Georgia Tech. So the, the chances of them going undefeated this season in the regular portion of the year are excellent. And when you consider the fact that Alabama lost to Texas A&M a couple of weeks ago, the Bulldogs should be ranked number one up until the SEC championship game. And their only real challenge will be taking down Alabama in that game. But the Bulldogs have the, one of the best defenses in college football this season. That squad is nasty. They have dudes at all three levels making plays. And they, they just outwill and outwant the opposing offenses. It's really amazing to watch because they don't give up an inch. And that's all Kirby Smart. I mean, he's a defensive backs coach by trade, right? You know, he preaches physicality and tight coverage and all of those good things. And it really shows up when you watch the Bulldogs play on Saturday. They also have six seniors on the defensive side of the ball. So the youth and the inexperience, which I think kind of served as an excuse and a reason for them potentially not getting over the hump in years past, is no longer there. And losing JT Daniels, who looked great through the first couple of games, it's a big loss. Don't get me wrong. Daniels is one of the premier quarterbacks in the sport. And he's a true gunslinger as well. I know he's gotten himself in some trouble. And Earlier in his career at USC, it was kind of the same deal because he makes a lot of these risky types of throws and he's prone to threading the needle and times when maybe he shouldn't be doing so. But even without him in the starting lineup, I think they're sitting pretty. Stetson Bennett has proved he is more than capable of leading this team. And he's a senior as well who, who's played a lot of college football and he may have fallen out of favor temporarily for Daniels, but he's proving that he can be the guy going forward for the rest of the season. As much as Daniels has played well, you don't really need him this season, in my opinion. As a matter of fact, having a guy like Bennett, who can drive the train in a straight line, doesn't make a lot of risky throws, is an efficient game manager first and a gunslinger second, who allows you to rely heavily on the likes of Zamir White and James Cook in the backfield with these clock-churning, meticulous drives that make the Bulldogs hard to keep up with, may be better suited to lead this team down the stretch. So it's really put up or shut up time for the Georgia Bulldogs, in my opinion. And when you consider the fact that Alabama has inexperience at the quarterback position with the true freshman in Bryce Young, there's no reason Georgia should not be able to take down Nick Saban's Crimson Tide team this year, truthfully. In college football, teams cannot afford to take a week off. One loss in the college football season could completely derail a program's championship aspirations. It's only 12 regular season games, 
then you have a conference championship, and then comes the playoff. So you really can't afford to have a down week. There's no such thing as that. But in the pros, in the National Football League, where these guys are being paid millions upon millions of dollars, teams have down weeks all the time. There's a reason that the 1978 Miami Dolphins are the only team in the history of the game to have an undefeated season. Makes sense, right? And each year, on their way to a Super Bowl victory, teams that end up hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season have a wake-up call type of week. Last year, we saw it with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chicago Bears. Remember when Tom Brady lacked situational awareness for the first time in his career and thought it was third down instead of fourth down? And Tampa lost that game and he became a viral meme and everyone was getting ready to give up on the Buccaneers? Well, they went 10-1 and the rest of the way and they looked dominant in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I feel like that game kind of lit a fire under Brady's squad. This year, I think the team to beat and the team that nobody is talking about as being a threat in the AFC is the Los Angeles Chargers. Last week, I think the Los Angeles Chargers had their wake-up week getting blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. They needed a kick in the butt, in my opinion, too. They had an emotional victory in Kansas City in week three against the Chiefs. Seemed like that was a significant sign of progress. They beat the Raiders the following week, and then they beat the Browns. So in three straight weeks, they beat a couple of the best teams in the AFC. And it seemed like the Chargers were kind of high on their horses a little bit. They lost to the, uh, the Cowboys in week two, 2017, but that was a toss-up game. I wouldn't worry too much about that, and those types of games happen all the time in the NFL. But after three straight emotional victories... The Chargers almost thought that they would just show up and win by default. They're a great team this year, and Brandon Staley has them playing with a newfound level of confidence that you hadn't seen in years past. Last season, they would be 1-5 right now. They wouldn't be even in the national discussion if Anthony Lynn was still the head coach, but it's a different vibe in L.A. with Brandon Staley. And Justin Herbert is looking like an MVP candidate early on as well. So the Chargers are one of the best teams in the league without a question, but the Ravens really humbled them this past week. And Herbert didn't look like himself, and that defense for the first time all season really struggled. There were a lot of penalties, a lot of mishaps, and the Chargers just looked off. And I think that was the type of game And that was the type of wake-up call that they needed. The Baltimore Ravens are one of the teams that the rest of the way, and potentially in the postseason, will stand in the Chargers' way. Heck, I think there could be a rematch between the two squads come uh, playoff time. So it was important for the Chargers to really gauge where they were at against a physical Ravens team. And they failed the test with an F. They didn't get a D-. That would be too generous. Chargers didn't show up to play against Baltimore, period. But don't be surprised if this team comes out with some moxie and some swagger 
and gets right back on track in two weeks because they have all the talent in the world. We all know about Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. Jared Cook and Jalen Gutton have also looked really good this year. The Chargers have dudes, but you're not going to win football games in the NFL if you don't show up and you don't play hard for 60 minutes. And the Chargers weren't even ready to play for one minute, let alone 60 against the Ravens. Baltimore's rushing attack absolutely punched the Chargers in the mouth. Ravens had 187 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. They were averaging close to five yards a carry. Devontae Freeman had his way with them. Lamar Jackson was running the play action to perfection. Latavius Murray had some nice carries in there. (laughs) Even Le'Veon Bell, who I think everyone left for dead, showed up against the Chargers' defense. Lamar Jackson kind of looked like he was on a Sunday stroll back there, literally and figuratively. He only had to throw the ball 27 times, only had 19 completions. They put the ball on the ground 38 times on Sunday, and they still beat them by four touchdowns. I think the one silver lining in this situation for the Chargers is that they still have 11 games left in the regular season. And as good as the Chiefs are, I don't think the AFC West is nearly as good as a lot of people made it out to be early on. The Broncos have lost three straight games after getting off to a hot start. And while the Las Vegas Raiders have looked good, there's all types of organizational dysfunction going on there. I need to see more from the Raiders before I can take them seriously, especially given how much that team has crumbled late in the season in years past. And just like the Georgia Bulldogs who have a bye week to recuperate, the Chargers have one as well. And then they pick things back up against the New England Patriots who are traveling across the country to face them. And they haven't looked good either. So it's a perfect opportunity for the Chargers to get back on track against a bad New England team. Every team during a successful season faces trials and tribulations that will test their character, that will test their will and want, which ultimately dictates how successful they'll be going forward. And I think this was the wake-up call that will truly tell us if this Los Angeles Chargers team is for real or not. We talk about trials and tribulations. No team in Major League Baseball this season has faced more adversity than the Atlanta Braves. They thought they were going to get Mike Soroka back at some point. He suffers an injury setback. And all of a sudden, they're left without their best pitcher for the rest of the season. Right before the All-Star break, just as the Braves were picking things up, Ronald Acuna, an early MVP candidate, goes down with a torn ACL. And being in third place at the time, it seemed like the Braves season was over. But then the front office decided to go out and get some pieces in Adam Duvall, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, and the Braves went on a nine-game winning streak to storm into first place. And while they've endured rough stretches since then, for the most part, Over the last month, month and a half, the Bravos have been playing A-plus baseball. When you think of the Braves, you think of Freddie Freeman and Ozzie Albies, but Austin Riley's had a resurgence recently. P. 
Peterson had the big home run to tie game two. And this team has played very complimentary of one another. Sure, they've had a couple home runs here and there, but they've stolen bases. They've played clean defensively. They've got outstanding pitching performances. Shout out to Max Fried. So it's really been a combination of things that have allowed the Braves to take off. And winning both games at home in the NLCS puts all of the pressure on the Los Angeles Dodgers. All the Braves need to do is win one game in LA and they come back to Atlanta with a chance to clinch the series. That's all they need to do. The Dodgers effectively have to sweep the three games in Los Angeles to feel good about their chances or else they're operating at a deficit. And the Dodgers are no strangers to overcoming adversity. I understand that. They came back and won the final two games against the Giants in the NLDS. But Atlanta, they're just different. They have this quiet, composed confidence to them that makes me believe the moment isn't too big and no opposition regardless of who they play, is going to scare them. What I find perhaps most ironic about the situation with the Atlanta Braves is that throughout the entire year, the National League East was seen as a laughingstock across Major League Baseball. It was a two-horse race the final month of the season between the Braves and the Phillies, but nobody expected a team to come out of the East representing the National League in the World Series. The Dodgers and the Giants inevitably were the favorites to come out of the National League, but if it wasn't going to be them, everyone thought the Milwaukee Brewers pitching would answer the bell. But in reality, the Brewers' offense just wasn't good enough and hasn't been good enough over the past couple of years. I think Atlanta has the perfect combination of pitching, defense, and grit to make the World Series and potentially win it against a very tough Boston Red Sox team. You have to stand up and take your hat off to Brian Snitker and the job he's done as well. I feel like he's probably one of the most underrated managers in Major League Baseball. He spent decades coaching in the minor leagues for that organization. But now, it seems like they found the diamond in the rough with a guy who knows how to manage that team. Who knows how to keep them motivated through the ups and downs. And I think another thing we're not considering here is that the Dodgers won the World Series last year. They got the monkey off their back. And from that angle, I just don't think they're nearly as hungry this season as they were last year. We've seen it in the past where teams go on a run in October partially because of how hungry they are. And even if they aren't the biggest, baddest, toughest team in the National League on paper, on the field they're as gritty and tough as anyone else. And I think that's what ultimately separates this year's Atlanta Braves team. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Stern Spotlight. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow me on Spotify. Give me a shout out on Twitter at J underscore Stern. 97, and I'll be back again soon with another edition of Stern Spotlight.